The brokerage business saw a decline in transaction volume of 36% in 2023, which obviously has devastating consequences, not only for brokers, but also you know, agents because they experienced the same downturn in volume. We went from 6 million transactions in 2022 to roughly around 3.9 million in 2023. So the question is, what can we expect moving forward 2024 and beyond for the brokerage business and agents? And the reason why this is so important is because leaders anticipate and everybody else reacts, right? I was on Ryan Pineda's podcast recently and he was like, man, you're really certain about the future. And I'm like, yeah, the reason why I'm certain is because I've been there. By thinking about these things, we can get a clear picture as to with a high degree of probability where things are going and then therefore make decisions in accordance with that. And that'll increase the chances that I'll get the ultimate outcome that I'm after. So I listened to a podcast recently by Michael Del Preti. And Michael Del Preti is somebody who does an excellent job of consolidating real estate information in a way that's easily digestible, right? He takes all of this data and really allows us to paint a clear picture. And he had a gentleman by the name of Scott Wright on his podcast. And Scott is somebody who's a principal at Real Trends. Real Trends has lots of data on brokerages. They do mergers and acquisitions and things of that nature. So he has a clear picture as to what's going on. And there were a couple key things in that podcast that were major takeaways, right? In terms of getting a clear picture as to what to expect moving forward. There's 120,000 brokerage firms in the United States currently, and 70% of them have less than 10 agents. So I just want you to put that in perspective for a moment, right? 120,000 brokerage firms and 70% have less than 10 agents. Now also couple that with transaction volume going down 36%. So most of those brokers who have less than 10 agents, they have to be in production, otherwise they're not making money. And due to you know that pullback in transaction volume, the kind of weight of managing and uh, operating, let's say a brokerage firm, is no longer tenable, right? So being that they're in production already, they're just like, hey, I just wanna stay in production. And they're going to move away with a high degree of probability from, you know, kind of being brokers and having that small brokerage firm and either consolidate with other brokerage firms, right? Because there's safety in numbers or kind of move to different models that are more financially stable. The second major takeaway, which I thought was super interesting, is that over the last 50 years, there's been a massive, massive compression in net right to the broker. So 50 years ago, brokers kept 50 cents of the dollar, right? That came into the brokerage firm. And now they're keeping anywhere between 10, 11, 12, 13%, right? I was on a call with uh, a broker who has lots of agents, about a thousand. And the profit margin on that was about 5%. Scott was asked, well, what are brokers doing? Cause you're talking all the time. He's like, well, they're essentially just playing defense, right? They're essentially just trying to cut expenses. And the way you cut expenses is through staff. You know, obviously lead gen is one of them, but staff and space, those are the major expenses. I think the other nitty gritty, the underlying truth of the brokerage business is that the majority of those brokers, the only way they make money is through ancillary services. So they give away the brokerage side in order to get to the ancillary, like mortgage title, things of that nature, right? That's what's kind of evolved. In 2012, according to Scott Wright, the average broker was keeping 22% of every dollar that was coming in. And just 11 years later, it's at you know, roughly 10, 11, 12, 13%, uh, which again, if you couple that with 36% volume going down, you already have thin profit margins. That is very problematic, right? Long-term, which is interesting because when I explain EXP to people, you know, EXP essentially 
has solved for the problem that these brokers are having, which is that they've eliminated staff and space, right? Which is really the problem that the brokerage business is having. Now, I think that there'll be room for like lots of different players. I also think that something's more true than something else. Two things could be true at the same time. And something's going to be more true than something else, right? But it requires thinking to figure out what's more true than something else. The brokerage business is really about recruiting, like period, end of story. And what's happening is those legacy models, models that aren't kind of flat fee. And I know when I say flat fee, you might think of like a United who has like just like a flat fee of like a certain amount per transaction, but flat fee are things that have caps. So Keller Williams would be a flat fee, EXP would be a flat fee, Real or these other companies, right, who have flat fees. These legacy models that don't have flat fees are finding it more difficult to compete with flat fee models, to recruit against flat fee models. And the reason why that is, is because of the principles and agents dilemma, right? This like issue of principles and agents. So principles being people who have ownership in a company and agents being like kind of like employees, right? Even though we're self-employed, right? Well, principles usually have goals and objectives that are at odds with agents. So the principal wants, let's say, like the brokerage firm to be as profitable as possible, but the agents want to keep as much money as they possibly can. So those things are at odds with each other. Right. So I believe that companies that can solve the principal agent issue will be disproportionately rewarded and will grow long term. And companies like EXP have. Right. So how do you get agents to think like principals, like owners? Will you give them actual ownership in the company in the form of equity? You also allow them to participate in revenue share where previously revenue share was only uh, or yeah, revenue share was only available to people who were the absolute owner or perhaps owned a region, you know, and that's like the franchise model where with EXP, you get to participate, right? So that means you're going to retain leadership. You also get agents to think like owners and long-term you'll be disproportionately rewarded for your efforts. So in short, what we can expect in the brokerage business is lots of consolidation. Again, it's right there in the numbers. We can also expect uh, a lot a lot of those smaller brokers that have 10 agents or less moving to models where they can outsource the brokerage firm to, let's say, like a cloud-based brokerage firm with EXP. They handle all of the back end you know, of running a brokerage, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, making sure all the paperwork's correct. So then they can just you know sell real estate and grow this kind of uh, digital team. And we'll also see agents looking for models that are more sustainable and treat them like owners where they compensate them with equity, give them the opportunity of rev share and things of that nature. So really what this is about is judgment and judgment about is, is, is about what's good for the long term, right? That's really what judgment is. So it's really thinking through and saying, okay, three to five years from now, which one of these models that I'm going to stack my business on top of not only will treat me like an owner, and, you know, I'll get equity and these other opportunities that are available with compensation, but also is sustainable. You know, it's interesting where I talk to agents as we're having conversations, you know, about these models and what they should do. And they're like, well, why should I care that EXP is an S&P 600 company and has $120 million in a bank and debt free and their stock pays a dividend? Like, why do I care if they make money or not? And I'm like, well, you wouldn't care if you didn't own part of it. So the reason why most agents don't care if their brokers are making money or not is that principal and agent problem. Again, if you solve for that, you can grow exponentially. You can actually attract the best talent because in order to get A-plus talent, you need an A-plus opportunity. So hopefully that's helpful to you to get real clear on that. If you enjoyed this, 
Be sure to check out uh, the next video. Also, be sure to check out some of Michael Del Pretty's research so you can kind of dig in. It's very self-explanatory. I think it paints a very clear picture as to where the market's going. If you want to have a conversation about you know EXP confidentially, reach out to me. More than happy to have that conversation. Look forward to seeing you on the next video. A jury in Missouri just found some of the largest franchises in our industry liable for conspiring 